0: Greetings Cap fans and welcome to Captain America comic book fans podcast episode 15. I'm your host Rick Verbanus and as always I'm joined by my partner Bob Lucius. Bob, what's shaking?
1: Hey Rick, it's uh I'm excited to be here tonight because uh you know, I got to be honest with you A lot of the uh, a lot of the books that uh that kind of we're going to be touching on tonight uh i I haven't read in a long time or 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 at all because these came out at a time when uh, i was shipping off in the military and was doing other things and so these are all fresh to me so this is exciting for me
0: oh very cool yeah and, and i'm i haven't read these uh since the first time i read them back when they came out new and i i have my my stack right here from my personal collection and uh, I'll be uh, going through these page by page. but um, before we get into that, I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, our ongoing contest that we announced last week. Uh, so um, in case you missed it uh, we are we, we're looking for your help in growing the podcast And there's uh, two ways you can do this. Um, you can, uh, either go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and leave a review and um, uh, let us know. Uh, or you can take one of our posts that we do in our Facebook page, the Com- Captain America Comic Book Fans Facebook group and uh, go in there. And whenever we do a podcast promotion, you can take that and share it somewhere or either on your timeline or one of your comic groups or something like that. And just send us a screenshot. And if you do either one of those things uh, you will be eligible to win uh, a couple of cool prizes. Now the the first prize we'll say, uh, and and this all goes to the same person. So you're going to get this humongous uh, graphic novel uh, trade paperback which is Sam Wilson, Captain America, The Complete Collection, Volume 1. Retails for thirty nine ninety nine, dollars uh, and it's huge. Uh, plus, eh, I don't know if it's, if it's, eh, it's cool or not, but eh, you could be a guest on our show. So, uh, yeah, you know, you could be, you could be a guest and uh, you pick the topic.
1: I mean, how cool is that? I mean, first of all, that that trade paperback is just an awesome collection of, uh, of story arcs. It
0: is a good story, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's fabulous, right? The art's great. It's a great story. And uh, it's just a well-put-together uh, 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 pub. But to be a guest on the show and get to pick the topic, Rick, I mean, that's gold.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I know there's a lot of... Uh, uh, members of our Facebook group uh, that have some ideas on what they'd like to see us talk about. Uh, So we could certainly do, do that idea or we could talk about you and and your uh, time as a uh, Captain America fan and what brought you into it. Uh, As long as it's Captain America related, we'll, uh, we'll do it. So, uh, so that's the prize. That's the contest. And uh, we appreciate your support with that. So Bob, let's talk about the mid nineties. Okay. So in the mid-90s, uh we have uh, a few things going on. Bill Clinton's in the White House. Uh it was finally the end of the uh OJ Simpson trial. Um a little guy, a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. I don't know if you heard of him. He uh he unretired uh and uh came back to the NBA. Uh and then there were some uh, some serious movies hitting the uh hitting the big screen so um we have um for for disney uh it was a big year uh they had toy story the first one came out this is 1995 by the way and um and then pocahontas uh so those both both came out in 1995 um there was the number one film was die hard with a Vengeance. you remember that
1: oh fabulous yeah that's good stuff right there yeah
0: and uh you know i don't know uh i know you're well i do know you're a james bond fan well this uh in 1995 we had GoldenEye, which was the very first um james bond with who
1: pierce bronson that's
0: right yeah you know here's a little side note on that uh i'm I'm gonna take a side step here um do you remember uh the the show remington steel with pierce bronson yeah of course yeah that was a yeah, was, that was a cool show. I really loved that show so um, he, he he was great in that show and uh, but you know the ratings weren't that great they were going to cancel it now at this time um, they uh, Roger Moore had you know given up being James Bond and they um, they were looking for somebody to uh, be the next James Bond. This is in the 80s, of course. And uh, Pierce Bronson was up for the role, and uh, everybody was excited about Pierce Bronson because he would have been perfect, right? Um, But at that time, because of all the buzz that he was getting, Remington Steel became more popular. So they said, you know what? We're going to renew it and not let you out of your contract. And so they gave the role to Timothy Dalton. Pierce Bronson got screwed, but you know what? Hey something like 10 years later, he, he got the role.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I still boggles my mind that, uh, that, um, Dalton got the role even after his Flash Gordon appearance. (laughs) You know what? I got
0: to tell you, that was a cool (laughs) movie. It was
1: a great movie. Yeah, Yeah. I know. And I I liked Timothy
0: Dalton in that. Yeah, he was awesome. He had like that Errol Flynn
1: kind of role, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a classic. I just bought a copy of that on Blu-ray as a matter of fact, just because I wanted my son to watch it and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he doesn't quite appreciate it yet, but on Blu-ray, it sounds really awesome. And oh, the it Queen great.
0: soundtrack! Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, it's it's a classic.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, what else happened in 1995? It was the the end of a 10 year run by one Mark Grunwald, and he left uh, Captain America after writing for 10 years, and um, uh, the last story that he had. Was with uh, Captain America, um, his the Super Soldier Serum in him was uh, slowly killing him. Right, it was gonna, it was going to stop his heart, and so the the last issue that he wrote, which was um, issue four forty three, and uh, I think that was like one hundred and thirty seven issues he had done, and that was the last issue. And in that last issue, um, the uh, uh, he he's told. Um, that you know, this he has 24 hours to live, so he he basically you know comes to terms with this, and at the very end, uh, you know he he passes, um, and the armor that he's been wearing to sustain himself um, is left on on his bed, and but his body is missing, and that's and that's how that story ended.
1: Oh, uh, you know what? Though I mean, I gotta I gotta I don't know if you were gonna mention this or not, but I gotta call this out because you know we. When we did the Bloodstone Hunt, we talked a lot about uh, Batroc the Leaper, mm-hmm. right? And sure. whether he was a villain or not. And uh, we talked about this in our top 10 villains and uh, whether he was a man of honor or not. And I, I, love, I love those closing scenes of, of issue 443 because it's Batroc and Captain America sitting down for some tea and just as two guys. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just I love that writing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because Steve was he was kind of lamenting that you know uh, how many of the the people that he went against uh actually turned a new leaf you know and and uh went for um you know avoiding their their perilous ways and um you know Batrock had tried to convince Steve that you know uh that he was one of those so uh you know so he is uh he is a gentleman uh, gentlemanly cad uh you know if you will um you know some uh, respectable villain yes but, a scoundrel
1: uh, that's a good I, word that's i like what that cap, i think cap described him as a scoundrel yes that's uh, a good but, word but not necessarily as a villain so Hat, my hat's off to batrock.
0: yep yep leap <laughs> <laughs> all right um so that was that was 243 and then i'm sorry uh four four forty three uh, and then with 444, we have a new creative team for the first time in ten years, and it's the writer Mark Wade. Now I'm a Mark Wade fan. I've enjoyed his work over the years um, for both Marvel and DC, and uh, I was at the time uh, very excited to see him to come on board because I, I knew he was a good writer. And then here's this new artist you know i wasn't familiar with by by the name of of ron garney and uh man what a fresh take what a uh, to me something that um was eh, maybe missing on the book for quite some time um and you know now yes it was 1995 there was a mid-90s art house you know feel to it um but it it i don 't know it, it was very cool. in fact, I was lucky enough last year to get a um a commission from Rod Garney, and uh, I had him recreate uh, the cover to four fifty um, There were two covers, uh, but this was the homage to Clark Kent in the alleyway where he 's pulling open his his suit with the Captain America, so he recreated that for me. Um, and uh, I have that framed over here. Um, so that was really, really exciting because I'm, I'm a big Ron Gordy fan. Um, <clears throat> the inker the on the book uh, is uh, Scott Koblish. Um, and, uh, and then it had uh, a few different colorists on the book. Um, the editor was Ralph Macchio. And, uh, but the executive editor, the editor-in-chief, was one Mark Ronwald. So, we're going to cover issues 445 through 448, uh, which is the first four part story. Uh, but just to let you know what happened in 444, just to get everybody up to speed, um, uh, Steve's not in that issue, which is why we're not covering it. And uh, essentially, there were these um, uh, terrorists who came get some hostages on the um, Jefferson Memorial and Uh, demanded to have captain america show up and um of course you know he wasn't there to show up so uh, the avengers come and during this uh, issue it's a nice uh looking back and reflecting on um the the life and career of captain america Um, because at this point he's he's presumed dead um so here we are uh we are at issue 445 and the um uh the, the name of, of this issue is um, Old Soldiers Never Die. Is that true, Bob?
1: Well, I don't know about that, but we, uh, we get wrinkly and uh, things start to hurt a lot. You know, I was telling, I was we were watching, my son and I were watching, we watched Infinity War and Endgame today. And uh, every time, uh, you know, Hawkeye got up after getting the crap beat out of him underground, you know, with the chatari toward the end, mm-hmm. he, he groaned and everything. And I turned to my son and I said, that's what I sound like every morning. <laughs> <So. clears
0: throat> All right. So here we are um, in the uh, opening uh, page to issue 445. And there's a, a bunch of um, uh, m- mysterious uh people here that are around a particular device. Um and uh they're 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 watching the levels of various liquids and there's a machinery going on and people are running about. And um and then we see uh that on the TV playing in the background is um the Black Widow and she says it's my sad duty as an Avenger to report that Captain America has succumbed to a debilitating illness. These words were spoken by the Black Widow one month ago. With a trembling voice, she reported that Captain America was missing, presumed dead. Now, as of today, the search for his body has been temporarily abandoned so that our nation may pay tribute to his spirit. Here in Arlington National Cemetery, tens of thousands have turned out to pay their respects to the sparse, spangled legend who, at the president's insistence, has been honored with a statesman funeral largely ceremonial and we see uh there's uh bill clinton uh and uh, a few of the avengers uh, as pole bearers carrying a casket Um, since the champion so revered has yet to be found five-star general ulysses r chapman hushed the crowd with this solemn statement i know no words that can express the grief and loss we as a people feel at this moment for generations, Captain America has been our protector, our defender, our friend. I can honestly say that as I look to a future without him, I'm a little bit afraid for each and every one of us. He was the best and the brightest, the symbol of a nation. And as as he's speaking, uh, Garney has these different uh, images going off, right? So there's the casket being lowered into the ground. There's the the device I talked about on the first page that has the liquid going and, and uh, the gauges moving, but we also see a red glove and it appears to be in some sort of ice and it's moving. And then we, we turn to the next page, which is a a double page widespread splash and here's Captain America bursting out of the ice. And, and uh, at that point, uh, the general's words say the greatest hero the country has ever known. And so the name of this four-part story is Operation Rebirth. And chapter one is Old Soldiers Never Die. So he wakes up. He's gasping. uh, He says, ice? I was on ice? Last I remember, uh, I was on my deathbed. Felt myself slipping to, to where? And he's looking around, and he's all by himself. This isn't any heaven I ever imagined. Well, wherever I ended up, at least I'm not alone. "'Hello, old friend,' and he walks over to his shield. "'Strange. Is this right? "'I know my shield like I know my own hand, "'but it seems to have a new heft to it. "'Forget it. Worry about it later. "'Right now I should.'" And then we hear uh, a voice that's coming in from, uh, like, an intercom or something. "'Step along, Captain. "'We haven't time for you to linger "'over a striped hunk of metal. "'Hmm. If this is heaven,' If that is indeed the voice of God, then she sounds pretty ticked off. Have a nice visit with the tunnel of light as you fell through death's door, did you? You seem to be muttering quite a few names. Which loved ones greeted you from the other side, Captain? Your mother, perhaps? Did she forgive you for not being at her side when she passed on? And there's a picture of Steve's mother up on the screen, and he's like, how did you... And then there's a picture of, of uh, Bucky on, on the, the infamous plane while Cap's falling off of it. And uh, the voice says, Bucky, certainly. You had a lovely view of his death. You abandoned him atop an exploding buzz bomb before the war was even over. I'm not surprised. After all, isn't that the level of commitment you've always given your partners? And, and Steve reacts, no, I, I tried to save. And then there's a picture of uh, a young Sharon Carter. Remember Sharon Carter, secret agent, love of your life? That little fluff brain worshipped you, depended on you. And Cap says, I loved her. I, I saw her die. And the voice says, on videotape, how romantic, how poignant. So Cap's keeps walking, and uh, he finally turns a corner, and uh, and, he, and the, the person's still speaking. I'm f- sure she felt the bond. And Cap says, how dare you talk to me like that? What could you possibly know about? And then he turns a corner and it's Sharon Carter. What? I know. And quite frankly, in a very 90s uh, hairstyle.
1: Yeah, that she's like, well, you know, I know you're going to make fun of me, Rick, but she's looking pretty good. And what, whatever she's got got on there. Oh, i don't yeah? know what that is but uh,
0: oh, I a little, little skid tight uh, outfit there yeah that's
1: that's black spandex back when black spandex was was good
0: mm-hmm yeah and and she's rocking that hairstyle it kind of looks uh like a little uh mike deodato jr uh look to it and uh and he says sharon and there's a look of shock on his face but then it's a it's a look of of just joy and he comes rushing up to her he grabs her shoulders i i don't believe it it's really you You're alive after all these years? I I thought, but now, and oh, man, Sharon's look on their face, you know? God forbid any woman ever looks at you this way. (laughs) She's she's pissed, and she's like, "Uh uh-uh, hands off. He's like, Sharon? Oh, sure, you remember me now. Would you like to know where you are? Yes. Too bad. I can't tell you. But here's what you should be aware of. You owe your life not to me, but to a third party. A certain someone ported me and a med crew into Avengers Mansion just moments before your death. We stripped you of your armor and put you on ice in order to get you back here to the lab. Despite our rudimentary uh, chirogenics, the expired super soldier serum in your blood was still killing you fast. Under those circumstances, we had to go with radical with your treatment. Steve asks, how radical? Radical. In layman's terms, marrow transplants, coupled with a full and total fluid transfusion. Blood and marrow work? Sharon, the serum was bonded to my blood. If you flushed my system completely out, how much of me is still a super soldier? Good question. And she hits a switch on the wall and the door opens up. Let's find out. And all of a sudden, these uh, eight guys... uh, also wearing a full body spandex uh, come out with these um, very nineties looking uh, uh, eye garb uh, and they're all holding batons and they they come rushing at cap. And he says, huh, eight against one. How fair a test is that for them? And he throws the shield, but Bob, it, it just drops at their feet. And at the same time cap surprise and Sharon is surprised. And they both say, what the And Cap's thinking to himself, that that throw should have carved off five heads. I was wrong. The shield's not heavy. It's the same as it ever was. But what about me? And these guys are all piling on top of him. What's the matter, Stripesy? Too much for you? No. Can take you you all. Yeah? Could have fooled me. And he's really struggling here. So Sharon finally says, all right, that's enough. Let him go. And Cap's like, never... Never felt so weak. Should have beaten them. Easily. What have you done to me? Oh, get over it. We have work to do. Get over it? Are you insane? Don't you understand? Normal blood equals normal man. I'm not... Yeah, yeah, and a timetable equals a timetable, okay? We're scheduled to rendezvous with your benefactor. He planned on waiting for you to awaken before moving into action, but the clock we're up against has already begun to tick. He's surveying the scene and expecting you, panty waste or not. And won't he be surprised at that development? Cap all of a sudden he's like, I'm not going anywhere. And you tell me who this benefactor is. Wrong again. How about I mention that the fate of the free world is at stake? Would that get you moving? Duh. I don't still know about this. He who hesitates is toast. I don't care what kind of moral seesaw you're riding. The mission is all that counts. Free world, huh? Yep. Now follow me and try not to get yourself killed. And so they go through this um, this kind of uh, dimensional portal to uh, zap them somewhere else. And I think, Bob, maybe we should just take a pause here, right? So um, when was the last time we saw Sharon Carter? Well, it's been, I want to say, since 1979, right? So it's been like 16 years Uh, Since we saw her in the comic books and um, she was supposed to have died in issue two thirty three, And then um, of course it was off panel. We we weren't really sure, but then like four issues later um, they, there was a recording of it and uh, he saw on video that uh, Sharon died. And so um, apparently that's not the case. I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know if she uh, an LMD is she, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody from uh, Arnim Zola, like, you know, I mean, it could be, is this a trap? You know, is this really her?
1: I don't know, but whatever it is, it's a bold narrative move.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed. So they get through this portal and they show up, it's nighttime, and uh, they're outside this abandoned um, uh, warehouse. And um, what's up with these abandoned warehouses, right? Isn't it, you know, same thing happened with uh, with the uh, Deathlock clone, right? uh late at night
1: yeah there's a lot of abandoned warehouses out there in the countryside rick i don't know if you knew that
0: oh no, no thanks for that so uh he says okay where are we now and she says 70 miles west of green bay enemy compound we've got to break into this dump quickly quietly and fast and your are mystery man due to turn up any minute it's just the three of us on this mission and for good reason now these uh these enemy soldiers show up and, and Sharon all immediately starts diving into them and she's kicking them and so on. And she says, you dead back there. He's I'm fine. Thanks for asking. And so uh, she goes, well, then hold them while I, I see what they're packing. Hmm. Custom brand 411 stock Stark enterprises, barrel, vibranium alloy casing, ultrasonic cannon. And so she uses it and it takes out like a whole group of them. Uh, he's Cap's like, didn't realize you are up on that ordinance. Survival technique. Now grab one of these now. It'll service better than what you've got. The shield with a bright target painted on it is a hot zone liability. And Cap says, you don't say. And he does one of his patented flick of the wrist, you know, uh, shield. And it goes and it hits three guys. Boom, boom, boom. But doesn't come back exactly to him. And he can't grab it. And he thinks to himself, zero for two on the return, great. But something's new this time. A snap in the elbow, a tingle in the muscles, an old familiar feeling. So he goes and he, he dives toward uh, the, the guys and he, and he beats them up. And, he's, and it's a good one. It's the same rush I felt the day I first got the super soldier serum, as, as if it's taking effect again, even slowly. So it's still in my blood after all which can only mean one thing. Sharon said, I received a total blood transfusion and there's only one man whose blood matches mine, whose body has the very same serum coursing through his veins. And at this point, there's a shadowy figure that's coming up, handing Captain America's shield. And Cap doesn't even turn to look. He just puts his arm back, grabs it. And he says, without turning around and looking, hello, Skull. Very good, Herr Rogers. I was beginning to think you'd never catch on. How does it feel to discover you owe your life to a man you've hated for half a century? Like this, and he turns with a big punch, and the red skull just backslaps him. Please, we will never survive, Rogers, if you do not choose your battles more carefully than this. My my mind is my own, but my body was cloned from yours. Ordinarily, I am at least your physical equal. And since you are apparently still healing and not yet up to prime, I am your better, your master. You will survive only by staying aware of that fact. Now, know this. Also, you were in my debt. I'm sure you would wonder how this can be, of course. Why I would ever save you. And Cap slowly getting himself off the ground, says, crossed my mind. It wasn't an easy decision to make. But to my regret, I need you. The world needs you. Of any man alive, you stand the best chance of defeating a foe common to both of us. How much did you tell him? Sharon says, nothing about the enemy. You know how he is. He'll have to see to believe. Impossible. We must destroy this compound before he has a chance to see, or else the enemy will never be defeated. The guards are out. Now we must. And Cap stands up and he says, now nothing. I knew something was strange about you from the start, Sharon, if that's who you are. And this proves it. You delivered me into a trap. She says, no. I know what this looks like, but it's not a trap. I don't like working with the skull any more than you do. But we're in desperate straits. This will be your greatest battle. The very one Captain America was born to fight. Stop it. Stop being cryptic. I want answers. I want to know exactly what we're up against, and I want to know right now. And just then, there's a big flash of light and a sound. And the that that abandoned warehouse that was behind them Bob it's now this futuristic looking base and Sharon says then open your eyes welcome to a whole new reality Captain welcome to the new fatherland welcome to World War 3 and Cap's looking shocked and says what to be continued wow well that's a little bit of a twist so yeah so here's Cap dying from the super soldier serum in his, in his blood, right? That's killing him. So they go ahead and they, they give him a transfusion with the red skull's blood, who is a clone of Captain America. Yeah. Well, well I got to tell you, Mark Wade, that's brilliant. Well played. Yeah. Because not only does that fix the problem that Mark Grummanwold created... And by the way, I and I want to say that I, I mean that in all respect, right? Because I thought yeah. Mark Wade did a really nice job by not jumping into the story right here. Like he took an issue with issue four forty four to pay respect to the story that came before him. Right. He he wanted to just be like, Look, I know Grunewald wrote this story about Cap dying from his, you know, blood. Um and, and he wanted to, to respect that and, and show what would what would you know, uh, the Avengers be like, what would America be like without Captain America? So I think he did a nice respectful job to that. But this, this is, this is a smart twist because not only does it fix the problem, but it creates a new one.
1: Yeah. And and can you imagine like getting to the end of like this issue and, and asking yourself, what the hell kind of threat is this that the Red Skull wants to team up with Steve Rogers to deal with it?
0: I don't know. It's got to be pretty big. All right, so this next issue, uh, which is issue 446, we have uh, a face of the Red Skull in looming in the background. We have Captain America jumping uh, with his shield in hand. And behind him is Sharon Carter uh, in her black outfit that Bob likes so much and uh, holding uh, uh, the pistol um pretty cool cover very 90s looking but very cool now we get to the splash page oh and i want to say uh as far as the uh the creative team on this right um because we have a uh a different anchor this time we have dennis rod rodier i want to say it's pronounced um and so uh uh so it may have a, a different look to it because there is a different anchor on here so when we um we look oh and by the way, in case anybody was curious about the Red Skull uh being a clone of Captain America and be like, hey, I didn't know that. When did that happen? Well, that happened during the Mark Grunewald days. Um, and I I, I wanna say three fifty, I think that was revealed, maybe. Uh the big issue where it was, you know, revealed that Red Skull was behind everything. And um you know, that of course everybody looks at that cover and they see the captain versus John Walker, right? And uh but in, in in the background is like a um you can't really tell us you're really looking for it is the red skull's face. Um and so I think he came back and I think that's when it was revealed that uh he came back from the dead because Artem Zola cloned Steve Rogers' body from some blood that he had. And then whenever the Red Skull dies he zaps the Red Skull's, uh, you know, essence into the clone. So I think that's where that came from, in case anybody was curious. All right, so here we are on a splash page. And it is um, Captain America running. He's got the the shield strapped to his back. And um, in in the front, though, is the Red Skull. And, you know, I feel bad, Bob. I left out something in the last uh, issue when I mentioned the Red Skull showed up. If anybody was listening to a previous episode, it was said, "Oh, was he wearing his green bathrobe?" <laughs> <laughs> was he, what did you call it? His evening coat or something? Yeah, it, it was
1: an oversight on your part, I think.
0: Yes. No, no. Uh, Red Skull is is I guess you know he's he's teamed up with uh, Sharon's uh, Taylor because he's wearing this uh, all black, uh, form fitting, uh, and he's looking pretty good. He's looking fit, right? Um, well, you know, because then he's got Steve Rogers clone body. So um he's he's looking fit. So he's leading this the three of them. He's running faster because uh again, Steve's still trying to get his strength back. But I gotta stop here again. I know a little side note. Um, does this look familiar to you at all? That that figure of Captain America, Bob.
1: I gotta tell you, Rick, uh I- No, it doesn't.
0: What do you got for me, Bob? Bob, Bob.
1: (sighs) Maybe it's just I'm distracted by Sharon. I don't know. It could be.
0: She's got that, that, that you know, uh, flowing blonde hair there. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well. If you were to go to our Facebook page, the Captain America Comic Book Fans Facebook group, and you would look at the image that I put uh, on the very top that I spent hours creating, by the way, um, and it's all the different logo corner boxes of the different Captain Americas over the years, you will see this figure is one of the corner boxes. And basically in volume three, when Mark Wade and Ron Garney come back to, uh, you know, after the the uh, Heroes Reborn, um, this was the corner box logo. So they, they lifted this from here and made it the corner box logo.
1: Yep, there it is. I'm looking at it right now, Rick. You're right.
0: Yeah. I saw this. I was like, that looks familiar. And you know what? You know what it was that tipped me off? It was the shield on his back. Because if you look at all the other corner boxes, right, Captain America's shield is in his hand yeah right that's right and and this is the only one that i'm aware of that has it on his back and i go back to our second episode of this podcast when we were talking with um joe simon's grandson jesse simon do you remember what he said about the shield what joe joe always said about the shield
1: i i don't it did he said something about always showing it facing outboard
0: exactly he said look you know, show the shield, show the front of the shield whenever you ha- have them in the shield. And I know for a fact, uh, talking to different artists over the years, the shield's not easy to draw with those, uh, you know, making it very cylindrical, you know, uh, the stripes on the shield. You know, you, some of them get out, uh, you know, uh, you know, little what do they call those, um, compasses. Some people get out uh, other tools to draw. Um, so it's a pain in the butt. So I could see where people use the back of the, uh, you know, the inside of the shield because it's, quite frankly, it's easier. Um, but uh, I always thought that was strange because here was the corner box logo and, you know, the shield is so recognizable and they picked a Captain America with it on his back. All right, get to the story, Rick. I know. Seconds ago, this was a spit-in-balding-wire military compound. A mysterious flash of light turned it into something far more, and far more threatening. Now, Captain America, Sharon Carter, and the Red Skull run side-by-side side through a super-tech fortress, racing against time to contain an evil great enough to change the world. So Sharon says, I never dreamed they could do this much this soon. This proves it. Skull were running way behind the clock. Not necessarily. As is the AIM island affair, this encampment is but a localized test for them. End the cube, this way. The cosmic cube? Whispers, please. We are now in the heart of the beast. I know you are suspicious of my motives, Rogers. I would expect no less of you, but I am not the enemy, not today and not ever, if we cannot exterminate the new World Reich. And so what you see here is a a bunch of hands over top of, uh, the cube. And, um, it's, uh, this is the cube cult, right. And, um, it's, uh, the cube cult with a, with a K and the cube and a k K and the cult. Um, uh, so
1: Bob, you, 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 do you know anything about the cube cult? You wanna- uh, yeah, I love, I mean, this, the cube cult is, uh, you know, it, it has a cult following, some would say, Rick, and, uh, you know, it goes back to, uh, supervillain team-up Uh, And especially the last issue of that series, issue number 17. Uh, And I think they're going to recap it here uh, in a page or so. But uh, that was a great, great storyline that pitted the hate monger against the Red Skull for Mm -hmm. control of the Cosmic Cube.
0: And that's where we're at. So here they are. And there's a picture of Adolf Hitler in the background. And um, everybody's kind of dressed in, and it looks like a Nazi type of gear. And uh, all hail the leader of tomorrow. The gates of heaven cannot cage him. The shroud of death cannot hold him. We empower his divine resurrection. When the new morn dawns, the Fuhrer will rise again. This is, this is insane. What do they think they're doing? Even the cube can't revive the dead. Sharon says, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to. Hitler's alive, and he's in the cube. Cap says, Sharon, Adolf Hitler has been in his grave for 50 years. And he puts his hand on his shoulder, and she pulls it back. Don't patronize me. Red Skull says, as hard as it may be to believe, Rogers, he survived, thanks to the science of mind transference in the body of the enemy you knew as hate Years ago, Hatemonger and I struck an uneasy alliance in an attempt to create a new cosmic cube that, he, that we would share. When he double-crossed me, I think this is a cap saying in self-defense, and projected his mind into the nascent cube, I interrupted the creation process and trapped him inside the unfinished construct where he has languished helplessly ever since in a hell of my making. Some time ago, his face vanished. I assumed that he had simply gone mad, or he had been sublimed by the cube's power. I gave it little thought until the cube was stolen by the cube cult. Using AIM technology, they have found a way to spike the cube with energy for brief moments, creating flashes of full potency, and therein lies the ultimate danger. You and I both know from our own battles that a cosmic cube is capable of changing reality within but a thought. Now consider this. A cube containing Hitler's consciousness, when fully energized, will warp all reality to fit his vision. The entire world will change in a blink, Rogers. It will be as if the Nazis had won World War II and ruled the earth. And this is something you want to stop? Sharon says, he dropped the dictator of tomorrow into a cube. You don't think Hitler will want payback? Besides, how good is a new right to the skull if he's not in charge? Like it or not, the skull is the devil we know. And by the way, that's the name of this particular issue, chapter two, The Devil You Know. I gave you a new life for this very mission, Rogers. You provide us an advantage. Unlike myself, you were created to defeat Hitler. It is what you were born to do. Despite the fact that fate plucked you from the war before you accomplished just that, You must work with me, Rogers. My blood pumps through your veins. You are in my debt. Cap's like, I don't believe this. Sharon asks, which part? All of it. Hitler, hate monger, mind transference? Nevertheless, if the cubists are that dangerous, if an enemy faction has its hand on a cosmic cube, I can save the doubts for later. Let's go. And he jumps in, head first. A nice double-page splash Uh, Well, I'd say uh, probably a 80% splash page with some smaller panels underneath, but it's really cool. And um, they're like, Captain America, stop him, stop him. And they pile on and uh, Red Skull helps them out. Um, And as uh, they're fighting, um, uh, he sees that uh, the Red Skull is going for the cube. And cat, so
1: a, a cat can't change its stripes, Rick.
0: <laughs> no way. And so he throws his shield and hits the cube. Says, "So much for teamwork. Why can't you ever surprise me?" Sharon, grab the cube. And uh, as soon as she goes to grab it, it's clear I've got it in my. Uh, one of the cubists, uh, Cube cult uh, takes their rifle and hits her in the head with the blunt end, and knocks her out. Move out. The plane awaits. Let's go. We can make it. And um, they throw a, a, a grenade at uh, Cap and Red Skull, were are following, and it knocks them down. And, and they're like, Get up. We cannot let them get away. But it's too late. They've already gotten in the plane and taken off. We blew it. Maybe next time you can cure your cube lust a- until after our opponents are laid low, if there is a next time. Interesting advice. But do not forget who is in charge of this mission. Perhaps you can equally resist the urge to charge in like an over eager boy scout particularly as one unable to yet pull his own weight in battle i'll be up to snuff soon skull and when i am smack that's it tell me more smack you you were one of us and you see sharon uh hitting one of the 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 cube cultists she says perhaps you know me as fraulein rogers i was undercover you slug you were duped but thanks for the info She turns to Cap. I know where they're off to. There's a government project upstate. It's heavy into alternative energy research. Perfect for spiking the cube. Place is so secret, it's been off the book for years. I've heard of it. Figures you're connected. Let's keep it to ourselves. We don't need the skull for this leg of the... And she takes her arm away from him. Yeah, think again. All right, skull, listen up. So she goes and she tells him everything Cap said. Don't tell the skull. So they're flying off in a plane, and uh, in the cockpit is uh, Sharon and Cap. And he says, Fraulein Rogers? You perverted my name? I take my shots where I can. How's it feel to be fighting alongside the skull? Exhausting. I'm not stupid. I know all he wants is a cube, and then he's pushing all my buttons to get my help. It's everything I can do to keep one eye on the objective and the other eye on him. Cry me a river, the mission's all that counts. A lot of things counted to you once, me for one. Sharon, for years, I, I thought you were dead. So she looks at him and, and says, you really did, didn't you? No, I wasn't dead. I only wished. She'll dropped me into a top secret hotspot a while back. If someone told you I was dead, they were obviously trying to keep you from following me. Maybe our super spy friends thought a guy in a red white and blue suit would draw too much attention. You think? Anyway, something happened. I never learned exactly what, but suddenly I was cut loose behind enemy lines. I've been abandoned by my country, by you too, I thought. And I had nowhere to turn. And and they're showing in the background here, um basically she's uh looks in a in a war-torn city in the alleys uh doing what she can to survive. My new lifestyle choices were slim. I stayed alive in deep cover as a roaming soldier of fortune and freelance spy. I had to do things to survive. Some of them were violent, some degrading. And all of them gave me a new perspective. Eventually, I wormed my way into the cube cult to investigate its agenda. And that's when my path crossed the skulls I'm not thrilled with our alliance either, but we both know what's at stake. So, so basically, that, that explains what happened, right? She, she was on an undercover mission. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. had decided to fake her death to, uh, to everybody. And that's what that video was that we saw. Um, I think it was in, what, 236 or 237 was, that it was a fake video of her death. And so Cap Cap bought it. And um, but something happened where Shield kind of cut her loose. Um, and do ever read do you ever read that uh miniseries, um, Nick Fury versus Shield? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe because that was around the same. Yeah, timeline, you're right. Right? Yeah. So um maybe that's what happened.
1: Yeah, I was gonna suggest, Rick, that I mean, I don't know what happened, right? I don't know if this was ever addressed what happened uh and why uh they kind of cut her loose and uh i mean i don't know and, and if you don't know then i think maybe that'd be a good opportunity maybe some of our uh, listeners know yeah yeah maybe if that's the could, case they could chime in and let us know drop yeah. us a line.
0: yeah call in leave a message uh that would be really cool um so cap's response to this story i i never imagined still this is a new chance for you we we can get your life back together concentrate on the future who says I want that life back? Listen, I learned a lot more about America from the outside than I ever did from the inside. Only an idiot trusts his country enough to give them, give them his all. No offense. And the future? Not sure I believe in it. At the risk of sounding melodramatic, this just may be the run that takes me out in the blaze of glory. Not too soon, one hopes. There's still much to be done. The Red Skull comes into the cockpit, even for those who were not in my debt. We're almost there. The cultists are ahead of us, probably in by now. But with any luck, the local military won't yet have had a chance to mobilize. Cap says, Guess again. This is a fortified installation. Troops are ready to roll in by the hundreds at any sign of trouble. Can you call in your Avengers? Something tells me they'd wonder whose side I'm on. Then we will go through the troops. No, you will stay here, and I will handle them. So he's showing up to a military, a U.S. military base, um, and I guess they don't know what's going on in the deeper secret laboratories, right, um, which were the cube cultists had gone. So, um, so Cap comes out. All right, gentlemen, who's in charge here? Captain America? But, but they said you were dead. They were wrong. Now move aside. It's more important than you can imagine that we get inside in that building and fast. I, I have orders. I can't just let any... Well, then again, I can't imagine they would apply to you. Let me radio the general, and then the Red Skull gets a little hasty here. He comes out, and he starts firing at them. He said, fast, perhaps this will expedite matters. And then um, uh, the troops are like, Captain America, huh? Since when his Cap- pals with the Red Skull We're under attack? Open fire. So the next thing you know, Cap and Sharon and Red Skull are, are you know, fighting against all the troops. And uh, Cap's like, nice work, Skull. Tell me again. This was part of your plan. You Got a lot of nerve uh, posing as a Cap rat bag. Those colors belong to a hero. Get him. And then you see uh, Red Skull's about to shoot uh, one of the agents. And uh, he says, you are my way, swine. You will not have time to regret it. And Cap throws a shield. Knocking the gun out of Red Skull's hand. No killing. And uh, Skull and, and Sharon make it inside. And they're they're still piling on Cap. And he says, uh, let go. I hated to do that. Those kids don't deserve broken bones. They're just not, they're just doing their job, but so am I. So he he runs up to the door that Sharon and Red Skull already passed through be- before, and there's the general. And the general's holding a gun on Cap free soldier general chapman sir let me through i can't do that son i'm under orders from the president himself to protect this base from any further intrusion you are not welcome here sir you don't understand there's something happening inside that i must stop the entire world's about to turn upside down general i am who you think i am i just saw you fight your way through a regiment you probably are doesn't matter if you really are captain america then you're first and foremost a soldier, probably the greatest one to serve this country. We're a lot alike, Rogers. As soldiers, we place duty above all else. I cannot disregard a direct order from the President of the United States, and neither can you. Cap puts his shield down, kind of hangs his head. I see we're agreed. Now, I'm lowering my gun. I'm willing to talk, but you make one move. You can consider yourself a traitor to your country. Understood. And Cap takes his shield and knocks out the general. Uh-oh. That's, uh oh. That's probably going to have uh, some ramifications later on. I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to have some repercussions. You don't you don't run into a lot of five star generals, right? And uh, yeah, that's and, yeah, that's not something you do.
0: Yeah, and he said you'd be a traitor to the country if you do this. So Cap, um, he says, judging by the sound of chaos, the battle's dead ahead. Let's hope I get to it before time runs out. Um, and so uh, they activated the generator um, that stopped them and they're like, you cannot for line, even now the cube's energy spills free, in seconds it will be fully alive you, on the other hand and then Cap comes behind and says, they're with me, and he knocks them out, so much for the cube cult, now, now, now what where were you, did you hesitate for some reason, how many times have I told you that the mission is all that and then there's a big explosion And then there's Cap and Skull, and they're looking. Are you alive, Rogers? Barely. The power wave knocked us through a loop. As I feared, what did it do to the American troops? What do you think? Down! I have to smash the cube. That's our only hope? It's gone. And worse? So is Sharon. To be continued. Uh Uh-oh. So the cube apparently turned uh, is is now actively working, and turned the U.S. troops into bad guys. So I want to point something else out here. So here we are, and this is uh, December of 1995, is when the uh, the cover date. So you know it came out in the, you know maybe September, October, something like that. And on this last page, if you're looking at captain america where he's leaping do you see um you see how he's got his hand in his right shield with his fist clutched and his left hand is open and he's got his right knee forward and he's just kind of head forward kind of leaping yeah i don't know about you but that looked a lot like the jim lee uh art from uncanny x-men 268 where you're right. is jumping into uh, a whole bunch of ninjas yeah I think this was an, if I had to guess, I would say this was kind of like his homage to Jim Lee on this, because that was yeah. like five years
1: earlier. Right. This is a very, very subtle homage. Yeah. Yeah. It's Just a good a catcher. Good catcher.
0: All right. Any, uh, any thoughts before we move on to part three?
1: No, let's do it, man. I'm hanging by, by the cliffhanger here.
0: And we'll be back right after this short break. All right, issue 447 on the cover, we've got Captain America, and he's being um, just a whole bunch of uh, heavily armored troops uh, over over top of him attacking him, and he's he's banging away at him. So here on the um, – and by the way, um, if the art looks even more different in this one, it's because Ron Garney did the breakdowns, um, not the pencils. He did the breakdowns, and Mike Manley did the finishes, and if you remember uh, our, our episode interview with Joe Rubenstein, legendary inker, he explained the difference between inking and finishing. So this has a, a lot more heavily influence of Mike Manley's art. Um, so it doesn't look as much like Ron Garney. It does in some places, but... Uh, and, and Mike Manley, I, I liked some of his art, uh, um, but I, I don't like him on, on uh, Garney. Uh, I, I know he, he did a lot of... Um, like Punisher stuff in the uh, in the 90s, I, I seem to recall. But um, anyway, that's why it looks different. All right, so here we are in the splash page, and it's uh, Captain America holding up his shield with uh, bullets ricocheting off, and behind him is the Red Skull, and they both have a angry look on their face as they're under attack. And uh, it says in captions here, it was bad enough when they were fighting the good guys when Captain America and the Red Skull, uneasy allies, we're up against a regiment of U.S. Army troopers. But now, thanks to the energy of the Cosmic Cube, that same regiment has been transformed, and then we turn the page into a big double splash, um, it says, into a battalion of New World Reich soldiers hungry for the blood of their enemies. Seconds ago, Captain America made a desperate lunge for the cube, only to find it gone, stolen by Sharon Carter. Now, with each tick of the clock, reality warps further and further to fit the vision of the consciousness within the cube. Hitler, Red Skull says, this is the price I pay for trapping him inside the cube. The world now becomes what he always wanted it to be. We must destroy the cube. We must kill Hitler. We must exterminate him. We won't live long enough to if you don't stop being predictable. In a crisis, you've always allowed rage to override everything. And by the way, this is um, the third chapter is Triumph of the Will. And this is a cover date of January 1996. <clears throat> so they're running uh, deeper into this fortress. And the skull says, forgive my insensitivity. You do not wish to be reminded that you are 50 years late in stopping Hitler. It tortures you to know that you were created to defeat him and never had your chance. It tortures me that you won't shut up. I don't know what's guiding the cube, and I don't care. It's evil. I'll put a stop to it. End of story. This installation runs a half mile on the ground. There are plenty of places for Sharon to be hiding, and plenty of room for us to maneuver. We could still reclaim the cube and win the fight if, God help me, we work together as a... It's quiet. They stopped shooting. Why? Perhaps they have decided... We turn to the next page to break out the heavy weaponry. And there are the huge, heavily armored soldiers that we saw on the cover. Steady, Skull. As I said, like it or not, we're a team. On my mark, attack. Dig into their circuitry. Come on, Skull, pitch in. We won't have a chance to grab the cube if we don't put these men down. Untrue, Rogers. You hold them off. I'll take the chance for both of us. Farewell. Skull, you lousy Skull! So he Skull's running off and um, leaving Cap behind. So he's running, and he, as he's running, he gets um, uh, this golden uh, whip uh, from behind, and it's going around his throat. Not so fast, her Skull. And it's uh, basically these soldiers. Did you really think you could escape the vengeance of the New World Reich? You were easy to follow. The stench of a traitor is unmistakable. Once upon a time, you were a symbol of all that was noble and strong in the empire of the fatherland, and they start beating up on him. Today, you are a treasonous joke. Do you hear me? The only way we are interested in accepting you into our world is a bullet-ridden example to those who would dare defy us. Whimper, skull. Beg. Give us something to remember you by. And the skull spits in his face. Swine. Ready? Aim. Here we come. Another killer, double spade, double page splash. Fire. And there's Cap diving in front of the skull, taking all the bullets on his shield. Come on, Bob. That's a cool, that's a cool image right there.
1: It is a cool image, Rick. I got to tell you, I, and I'm not crazy about the way that Red Skull is drawn. And I'm curious uh, also, uh, like maybe I've just never noticed this before, but in this particular issue, I don't know if you've noticed, but Cap, uh, Cap switches that shield pretty deftly between his left and his right hand.
0: Yeah. yeah normally he's a lefty because he likes to punch with his right, but yeah, he's using both. In fact, in this next page, he throws the shield with his right hand. Come on back, baby. Come on. And he hits the guys and it comes back and he catches it in his right hand. So cap's got his old mojo back. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> 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 uh, On the mark and up to speed, finally. On your feet, Skull. You saved me? I wanted to balance the scales. You say I owed you a debt for giving me new life? We're even. And then there's an explosion, and they go landing far away. Skull? No answer. Looks like the blast separated us, meaning it's every man for himself. Tough break for the Skull. He may have gotten a head start racing through the complex, but I knew all the shortcuts. How does he know all the shortcuts?
1: Well, because he, he, he he's familiar with that installation, Rick. Remember, he mentioned that to Sharon, that he, he knew the deal with that place. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> I have a hard time finding my way around the house, you know. <laughs> and I, you know, But he's got a pretty good memory, so he's been to a lot of places.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So he lands. The soldier are far behind. They may be forced to take the long way, but I can hear mortars right and left. They're demolishing everything in their path, rocking this place to its foundation, and he comes across Sharon, and it's very much uh, like what we would might see in um, the movie The First Avenger, where there's the uh, the skull on one end and Steve on the other end of a of a bridge, right? And uh, stuff sure, is sure. going off uh, around.
1: Yeah, it's like a, it's a catwalk.
0: Yeah. yeah, and she's wearing her cat suit, right, Bob? Rawr! <laughs> So she's holding the the cube, and uh, it's, she's like, get back, Sharon. And then all of a sudden, the catwalk falls, and he's like, Sharon. But they both grab on hold. Now she's above him, and he's below, and he's crawling up to her. She's like, listen to the explosions. The soldiers grow more and more powerful with each passing moment. With every pulse of the cube, their spirit sweeps across the country. Any second now, the essence in the cube will rewrite all reality. I can change that. Sharon, what are you... Listen to me. Only way to nullify the cube's Nazi influence is to override it with my own, my dreams, my values. Reality changes to suit me, not the Reich. And the the guys are getting closer, and they're hanging on for dear life. No, that's not the answer. Sharon, for God's sake, I know how deep we're standing. But making the world conform to your vision, changing reality to fit your image, that isn't for you to decide. We hear you, Fraulein. We have you surrounded. Surrender. You're right. It's for Captain America to decide. And she offers the cube to him. And just then we see that the skull has made it onto the catwalk and he's underneath Captain America and he's crawling up as well. But Cap didn't take the cube. Sharon says, that's what I thought. We're on the brink of utter destruction. Someone has to take control of the cube immediately. The entire free world depends on it. And even in the face of all that, Holier than now, Steve Rogers can't let go of the moral high ground, and he grabs it from her, and he grabs the cube. She says, your call, Steve. Think hot dogs and apple pie. The cube holds absolute power. It will respond to your most fleeting whim. And just then, she changes into what she looked like back like in issue 114, right? She's got that same drawing of, of uh, how she looked back then. So it's a little more, I don't know, cartoony or something.
1: Oh, that's an awesome, awesome panel, Rick. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I, I just love that juxtaposition between 90 Sharon and 60 Sharon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which one do you like, Bob?
1: I, I, I like the 60 Sharon. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I just think that's, that's it's an amazing transition in those three panels. I, I think that's just, I mean, so much, so much done with the art without the words
0: yes so she says it will respond to your most fleeting whim your most subconscious desire so basically he wants the old sharon back however you want things to be they're all up to you decide the world and cap says all right i'll start now i've decided and just then the red skull comes reaching for the cube and cap takes the cube And blasts the skull with it. That you're not getting the cube skull. It belongs to no one. We're in. Shake them loose. Cube, I order you to self destruct. And just then, he drops the cube. No. No. And whose hand does it fall into? The red skull. And he goes diving for the red skull. And he goes, no. And he knocks him out. He lands on it. Grabs the cube. She says, you did it, Steve. You stopped him. We stopped him. It took the two of us, and he grabs the cube, and he squeezes it and destroys it. And just then, his partner jumps down from the catwalk. But it's not Sharon. It's Bucky. What? I know. What's going on? What, what, what? So Steve says, because I couldn't have done it without my best partner. And Bucky says, you can always count on me, Cap. Bucky Barnes, at your service. You know, I can't help feeling it was meant to be that way. And they shake hands. Come on, our work's just begun, and the future is ours. And we're pulling away from the scene of the two of them shaking hands, and we see that they're in the Cosmic Cube, and the Cosmic Cube is
1: in the hand
0: of the Red Skull. And all he says is, "Perfect."
1: I got to this part, Rick, and I, I'm I, God's honest truth. I'm hyperventilating. <laughs> well, I,
0: I I don't want to make a COVID joke here, Bob. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm striking that. I'm I'm
1: taking that out. This I mean, it, this blows me away. This you know, uh, I didn't see that coming. No. No, so okay,
0: so now what what at what point did cap go into the cube, right? Was it when did the did Sharon have it all this time? did, did you know, I don't know. So on this next issue, which is a special double sized issue, it's issue 448. And uh, I'm holding my original copy from 1996 in my hand here. And on the cover is a a Captain America who is on his knees and he's hooked up to all these wires and his face, half of his face looks like it's turning into a red skull.
1: No, I I don't, I don't think those are wires, Rick. I think, I mean, those are puppet strings.
0: Hmm, Could be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's a puppet.
0: Yes. Could be. All right, so this one is Operation Rebirth, conclusion, and again, Mark Wade, Ron Garney. Uh, we are uh, Dennis Rodier is the penciler. Uh, I'm sorry, inker. Uh, John Calliz is the colorist, and um, uh, Ralph Macchio and Mark Guellom. So um, we turn to this, and I'm kind of kind of skip around on some of this, but essentially. It's uh, we're back to Steve Rogers uh, pre Super Soldier Serum, and he's on the uh, he's on the table. He's strapped in. Doctor Erskine is there. He's injecting him, um, and turns Steve into Captain America. And so we have uh, have a success. And just then, the German spy goes to uh, to shoot Erskine, and um, but Steve breaks off. And he, he, he saves Erskine. He doesn't die. Oh, something's a, something's changed here.
1: Yeah, something's, something's amiss. Yes.
0: Um, and uh, Erskine says, You saved my life, Steve. That was amazing. You bet it was. But next time, what say you and I work together? Sound good? And it's Bucky. Bucky shows up and he's in costume. Count on it, partner. Side by side with Bucky Barnes. There's no place I'd rather be. And maybe the name of this story is called American Dream. And, and here we are. This is all happening inside the cube. And the skull's holding it. And he says, how utterly perfect. My ultimate plan, Rogers. You walked right into it, almost literally. The moment I made you an unwinning prisoner of the cosmic cube. You are far from alone within its six walls. Now that the cube cult has unleashed its limitless power, the mad genie stirs restlessly inside the bottle. The mind of Hitler, held captive inside, yearns to take charge of the cube and change the world in the one I have no hope of ever ruling. Sharon says, now I see, Skull. You pulled Rogers in so he could overthrow the force of the cube on your terms. Hitler was the foe Captain America was first forged to defeat Agent Carter. Why else would I ally myself with my greatest enemy? You tell me. I've read the files. Hitler created you. Do you want Cap to face him because he's right for the job or because you don't have the guts to do it? And Red Skull just knocks her down. Lies! And the cube cult shows up. There they are. Surrender the cube, Skull. I think not. Not when I can... And he goes to use the cold uh, cube to, to shoot them. It has no power. Why? Sharon says, figure it out elsewhere. Against my better judgment, I'm keeping you alive until this situation resolves. This way. And they go into a, an armory. Of course, the addition of a second strong consciousness has created a deadlock within the cube. Its power is frozen until Rogers does his work. I commanded the cube to place Rogers in a fantasy past drawn directly from his own subconscious once there i could be certain he will be driven to find hitler and the instant hitler is eliminated roger's remaining will shall crumble i will control the cube and the world so we go inside the cube and what's happening cap is fighting nazis and bucky's at his side where is he it took the alley six long years you ratzy but we finally got Germany on the ropes. These are the final days. So where is he? Where is Hitler hiding out? And the uh, the enemy's like he's he's at. And Bucky yells, "What's wrong, partner? Not getting enough exercise? Our job's done. Take a break." And and just then he looks down in his hands where he was holding the the, the Nazi. He's what? They... He's not there. What happened? Come on, Steve. Huh? how about this hello new york you know this neighborhood know it this is the block i grew up on buck i just the way i remember it there's the market and that's the school jacobs house and joe and god it's good to be home and then there's a uh uh somebody from the press and and they're on uh, their cell phone hello daily bugle get me rewrite this is hot captain america bounces brown shirts replay page one bucky says wow cap get a gander what kind of fancy walkie-talkie is that i i don't know and then coming up from behind steve steve is that you ma ma and he goes and he grabs his mother i don't believe it come here it's been so long i've missed you so bad oh ma you mean so much to me i love you with all my heart you know that don't you i know son i
1: always knew and this is, I mean, Rick. This is weird, man. Because like the walkie-talkie looks like a 1990s cell phone, right? One of those old flip phones, those big ones. Right. And his mom, I thought his mom had had already passed. What's going on?
0: Well, you know, the skull explained that uh, he's giving uh, Rogers uh, the ability to you know, change reality within the cube to everything he's always wanted. So he's got his old partner back. He's back in his hometown. His, his mom's alive. Um, you know, he's, 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 this is, hey, listen, if we could go back and rewrite history, I, I think I'd do a lot of the same here. So um, they're in the armory in the Red Skull and uh, Agent 13 here are, trying to hold off um, the enemy coming in. And so uh, the Red Skull finds some, some nitroglycerin and, and puts it on the door. Um, when the enemy comes through, they, they blow up and catch on fire. Um, so they're, they're using different tricks to kind of get out. But the whole time, Skull has the cube in his hand. And um, they get to another place. He says, we're safe inside this inner room. With this armory ablaze, the soldiers have no chance, but no choice but to retreat, if only for a while a while long enough. And then we cut back to the cube, and there's uh, a TV. And the reporter says, with President Roosevelt reporting further victories in the European theater, he predicts that the autumn of 1945, just weeks away, will bring a <sniffs> end to the <coughs> attention to the Yankee swine of New York City. Prepare yourselves for a Nazi invasion, the likes of which will reduce America to ash, even now, we carry the Fuhrer's voice far and wide. So they've got these hostages, right? So um, essentially, uh, Cap and Bucky go and um, uh, rescue the hostages. And, he, and Cap keeps asking, where is he? Where is the Fuhrer? Tell me. And um, one of the guys says, uh, they're in a bunker in Berlin. He's safe there. Not for long. And uh, they go running after um, this uh this particular Nazi, and Bucky's ahead of him. He's careful up here, Bucky. It's a f- long fall down, and um, uh, next thing you know, there's a there there they're supposed to be on top of the Empire State Building, but then there's this huge um, uh, air vessel of some sort with a with a hanging rope ladder, and um, Bucky gets on it, and uh, Cap starts chasing him, and um, where'd the spy go? Uh, he said, but wait, Bucky, we, we have to find Hitler. And Bucky keeps, keeps trying to like, I think, stop him from finding Hitler for whatever reason. He says, forget Hitler, Cap. We need to see what's happening up here. I don't know about this, Buck. I, and then the next page, all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, just like if you're in a dream, right? Something different all of a sudden changes and it makes sense to you. Uh, but here's Bucky tied to a plane, um, already. And there's Zemo over top of him and, uh, Zemo, indeed welcome to my final triumph captain cap help me Zemos got me trapped strapped to this blasted buzz bomb uh and he gags him i'm sure he'd be happy to free you boy all he needs to do is catch you ha, ha ha and then the plane goes and cap leaps screaming no but he jumps on there uh stay calm buck i can save you i can if i can get to the guidance system and then he does and he turns the the plane around and uh lands back and um Gets on to back to the plane, uh, and saves Bucky. So there you go; he's happy about that. And then he says, um, uh, "He's still trying to find uh, Hitler, right? He, like that's that's all is on his brain." And uh, he says, "You radio, Sergeant Fury, and his commander set up a rendezvous." And Bucky says, "Cap, wait. Are you sure you want to go behind enemy lines? That's right where the enemy wants us. Then we'll teach them to be careful what they wish for. Don't worry about me, Bucky. Worry about Germany. Next stop, Berlin." So Red Skull's watching all of this, and he's like, closer and closer. This time, the time is almost upon us, Carter. You have served the mission well. Know that you will be rewarded. And Sharon's like, you turned my stomach. I fooled myself into believing we were working for a common good. I'll take that out of you if it's the last thing I do. And Skull says, in that case, I rescind the offer. As Sharon's leaping for the cube, and he knocks her out. Quiet, you, cow, The enemy approaches. So we cut back into the cube, and um, it's uh, Sergeant Fury and uh, the commandos. They're going up against uh, the the Nazis, and uh, there's a big battle uh, war going on. Uh, but just out of nowhere, uh, Cap shows up with Bucky on a motorcycle, and they're like, Wahoo! And uh, also, who shows up? But the invaders, right? We got... Um, Uh, neighbor and human torch and they're fighting uh so it's like the good old days for cap right i mean he's he's kind of reliving the glory days and he get to hitler's bunker and he's like uh and there it is hitler's bunker and not all the nazis in germany can keep us out let's go and he and he fights them and uh knocks everybody down still with me partner bucky buck and he turns around and uh Buck says, no. No, I'm not. Kemp, don't do this. It isn't right. What are you talking about? This is my moment, the one I was created for, remember? I can bring Hitler to justice. I can put the world at peace. We can live forever in the world that should be. Bucky, this is where I belong. No. No, it's not. This isn't your world. Not anymore. Look around you, Steve. A cell phone here. A jetliner there. Even the words I speak. Your own subconscious is breaking through. It's reminding you that no matter how sweet it may seem, the real danger comes from living in the past. And he starts to fade away. Captain America is a man out of time. He transcends a world where I'm, where all of this is a memory. A good one, but a memory. Skull knows you, Steve. He knew how you could be tempted to put right things that went wrong. But Erskine died, Cap. So did I. And the big mission? Hitler? It's a trap. It's been from the start. That's what I've been trying to tell you all along. Think about what you know must be the truth, whether or not it's really Hitler behind that door. The second you lay your hands on whatever's there, the second you wipe it out, the skull wins. Fight every instinct you have, Steve, every urge. Be stronger than you have ever been before. Pull yourself and your country free. And he disappears. Bucky? Bucky, wait, don't go. I have to, Steve. Unlike you, this is where I belong. But know that I part part of me will always be alive so long as you keep fighting our fight. So long, Steve. And he salutes him. And Cap pauses and he salutes back. And He goes up to the door of the bunker. And the whole time, the skull's watching him on the cube. And he's just about to burst down the door. And then on the next page, this huge splash page, Steve's bursting down the door. But it's not Hitler on the other side. It's not the cube reality. It's our reality. And there's Sharon, and there's there's Red Skull. And he's, Rogers? No, you extracted yourself from the cube? Impossible. You hadn't the will to. Steve? And Steve starts just taking out the skull. And just at the last moment, on this next big, big splash page, there's the red skull laying on the ground on his back with his head back and cap over top of him, holding his shield at his neck. Tell me something, Skull. Tell me there's a way I won't kill you. Next page, three-quarter splash, Red Skull says, how many times have you said it yourself, Rogers? And he coughs, there's always a way. And they both turn and look at the cube that fell to the ground that's not too far from them. And Red Skull pushes Cap off and starts running towards the cube. Off me, you fool, the cube is mine, mine! Mine! And Cap says, "Stay away from its skull. I'm warning you. Stay back, or..." And he throws the the shield with his right hand. And just as uh, Fred Skull is reaching for the cube, right at the elbow, the shield takes off. Red Skull's right hand. Wow! And and the cube on the next page. Big big splash. <clears throat> the cube blows up. Shakoom. And then the next page, big, big splash page, there's Cap standing there over a cube that looks like it just obliterated. And Sharon in the background, well, he says, well, what? And the next page, huge splash page, it's over. And you look and you see the, the cube has been destroyed and there's a silhouette ash of the red skull up against the wall with a missing arm. So then they cut back. Uh, I guess some time had passed, and they had tied up all the uh, all the bad guys, and um, so should hold the cultists until the soldiers outside could take them into custody. Sharon asked, "So the American troops are all right? See for yourself. They are changed back to normal when the cube went up. The shock seems to have laid them low, but they're awakened soon." And she asked, "And you still don't believe it was really Hitler inside the cube? Does it matter? Whatever it was." It swallowed the skull whole, and now it's gone, destroyed. If the skull survived, that'll be a problem for another day. Come on, and he gets into a a military jeep. And She pauses. Come where? Where am I supposed to be going? If you're thinking about us rekindling a romance, think again. He turns the ignition. Fine, your call. Me? I'm headed to S.H.I.E.L.D. to find out why they kept your fate a secret for me all this time. Figured you'd want to know, too. Guess not. See you around. Send me a postcard sometime. But he's all bluff. He's sitting there. He's still waiting for her to react. And she's just holding, she's got her arms crossed looking at him. She waits, and then she says, that's all I want answers. I want to know who kept us apart. Not that I care. I'm just curious. And the moment I have my answers, I'm gone. Steve's, Steve's like, got it. So he asks, by the way, that move you got, that kick-turn thing, you want to show that to me later? She's like, I don't know. I'll think about it. He's like, well, that's a start. The
1: end. Or is it?
0: It never is. It never but, is, Rick. But but that's a cool story. I, I, it I liked is. it on so many levels. Right? I, did. Yeah. I liked it because uh, – of the the thing we talked about in the beginning, right? Where he paid respect to, to uh, Mark Groomwall's end of his run. Um, He had a nice twist on, uh, on saving Captain America. Uh, Nice twist with the, uh, with uh, having the, the villain be uh, the red skull and and having to team up with him. Uh, A great uh, retcon. Is this a retcon? I don't know. Of bringing back Sharon. I mean, everybody else thought she was dead too. And from since 1979, right. Um, yeah. When Roger McKenzie wrote that story, I, I don't, I don't think he meant it as a, the way it turned out. I think he meant it as
1: killing, killing her off. Um So bringing it, her. Yeah. And you know, she's played a, I mean, she's played a huge role since.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, having Sharon back, I think is huge. Um, certainly he had his love interests uh, over the time, right. Um, he had, Uh, Bernie Rosenthal, uh, was a great love interest, really enjoyed those stories. Then we got into, uh, Rachel, you know, Diamondback. Those were real fun stories, a nice twist too. Um, but you know, to me, you know, Sharon's the one and Sharon's back. And this was a great, great story to bring her back. I think it was believable um i think it it creates a nice tension right it wasn't like mark wade was like oh you're back oh i'm back great you know and we're we're gonna rekindle and everything's no i mean she's she's pissed and yeah. uh makes for a nice tension
1: yeah and i think you know another i think another wonderful aspect of of uh, of Wade's writing here was uh when steve is in um the cube some of the sort of anomalies that are are sort of thrown out to the reader to sort of drive home the point that this is his subconscious sort of, you know, creating this reality. And uh, you know, one of the funniest things—I mean, you know—you get the jetliner, of course, and, and his mom being alive, and uh, and of course the the walkie-talkie that looks like a ninety-cell phone. But you know, there's that one scene where you know they're running up the stairwell toward the roof of that building. And um, the guy's humming the song, right? He's singing the song, and I don't know if you if you knew what that song was. Yeah, when you, I when I read that, I, I didn't place it. You didn't? No. Yeah, you know, it's the theme song to Friends, which ran from 1994 to 2004. You it know? was. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so a yeah, nice little sort of you know nods to the readers um, that, uh, of course, at that time they they would have caught it much more readily than uh, you know decades hence where we're looking back unless you're you know you're watching those reruns but you know if anybody who was alive at that time knew that song
0: yeah how how did it go bob can you sing it for us
1: oh uh, yeah i'd love to your job's a joke you're broke your love life's doa right
0: uh, no i yeah, it was kind of a more of a william shatner kind of uh speakeasy <laughs> i i i i no i mean like sing it come on let's hear it
1: yeah Rick, you know i i mean, you know I'm recovering from the from the covid here, man. I mean, my singing voice ain't what it used to be,
0: <laughs> oh, all right, I'll take a rain check then <clears throat> uh yeah so so great story i I know a lot of people um uh liked the way garney uh run and and it you know obviously uh they liked it so much that they brought it back. Well, they brought, they brought back Wade and Garney, you know, for volume three, which was, uh, I think everybody was kind of excited that. And Garney didn't stay on for very long, but Wade did. And it was, uh, you know, a great, a great duo. And, and uh, you, know, I, you know, they keep bringing Wade back. Like, you know, they brought Wade back uh, for that when they read number during the legacy, you know, I think around 695, uh, right? There's that, that story there. Um, you can't go wrong with the Mark Wade Captain America story. He just, he knows the character.
1: My, and I got, I got to tell you, Rick, there's two things, you know, we talked a little bit before, uh, before we started tonight's podcast, you know, and first thing I want to say is uh, your red skull sort of uh, voice is getting better with every podcast. Number and
0: one. I Thank you. Uh, first no. of all, I'm not trying my hardest. I'm just, I, I just don't want every character to sound the same. Yeah. So I, I have a little inflection there, but I'm not really trying because I don't want to like, I don't know. I think that would be
1: too corny. It'd be scary though, if you tried, right? I'm telling you, cause it uh, really uh, works for me. But the second thing is, you know, I told you before that, you know, I didn't read these books when they first came out. Cause I was shipping off in the military and I just didn't have access to them. And so I didn't get back to them later. And the, you know, there's something like, I, I'm not a, there's something about nineties art that I find very difficult to, um, to sort of get into uh, mm. even with Wade's writing. But uh, revisiting this uh, this arc tonight, uh, it made me see it in a completely different way. And uh, I really, I, I appreciate it much, much more than I did before. So,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, there's all those really nice double page splashes and, um, uh, you know, full page splashes. Uh, I mean, Garney, he's a good storyteller too, right? I mean, he does things from from a good angle. He, you know, he does a good, good job there. So I I've always been a, a fan of his. He just has, has to find the right anchor, I think. All right. Anything else on, uh, on this before we, we wrap up this story?
1: No, I mean, I think we've, uh, we've covered this one pretty good. And we don't want to give anything away for, uh, for future podcast arcs that uh, may tail end on this.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. I think this was the only story we've done in the nineties so far but you know what? Hey, you know what else uh, happened later in this year of uh, late 1996? Um, there was a, a one-shot that was done um, between Marvel and DC. It oh, was a, yeah. And uh, it was an Elseworlds book, uh, which um, if you're not familiar, uh, for DC, Elseworlds is kind of like a an imaginary tale, uh, taking a character, putting it into a different situation. And this particular one uh, was done by John Byrne, uh, where he wrote and did all of the art. And so it was a labor of love for him. And it was none other than the Batman and Captain America story.
1: Yeah, this is a fan favorite, man. It's a super fun book.
0: Yeah. And, and thanks for suggesting it, Bob. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun um, going through this one uh, because, uh, you know, it's just a fun tale. Right, I haven't read this, and for so long, but man is burned just a master storyteller, and and you know, uh, I know the '80s, uh, he was you know at his peak, but here in 1996, 97, when he was putting this together, uh, it's just top notch.
1: Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's just a lot of uh, narrative uh, tools, uh, tricks of the trade that he uses here to really spice up this tale that I think uh, readers love. And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll do that next episode. So um, in the meantime, uh, if you want to reach out to us, like I said, you can always drop us a voicemail by going to our um, podcast home page which you can find in in the home notes show notes Um, or you can go on to the Captain America comic book fans Facebook page and uh, leave us a message there too but just as a reminder uh, please review um, and uh, please subscribe Uh, we love and appreciate your help in growing the podcast
1: yeah and don't forget be part of the contest folks you don't want to miss out on that opportunity
0: yep We'll have one lucky winner, and uh, we'll announce that in uh, episode 18. So uh, looking forward to that. All right, Bob, as always, I had so much fun We're wrapping Cap with you.
1: This was a blast, Rick. Thanks for uh, thanks for another great experience.
0: All right. I'm Rick Verbonis. He's Bob Lucius, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast.